Welcome to Radio for Brainport. We have three wonderful guests, representative of the INYS, or they like to call it INIS. And I'll let these folks explain to us listeners what it stands for and what they are in a second. But first, I'd like to get a short round of introduction to our three guests, Kevin, Duvart, Lotros, and Lala Fitriani. Um, Kevin, why don't we start with you? Okay. Uh, my name is Kevin Duvart. Uh, I'm the chair of the Dutch executive board of the Indonesian Nederland Youth Society, Ines, as you just uh, introduced. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this interview, uh, Steven. Hi, everyone. Uh, so my name is Lotte. I'm a PR officer in the Dutch team uh, of Ines. Uh, I joined Ines since uh, January this year. Um, I have a background in uh, South and Southeast Asian studies, and I lived in Indonesia for three times for uh, study, uh, internships and uh, research. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Lala. I'm also a PR officer at INIS. Um, I joined INIS because I moved uh, recently to the Netherlands. Uh, I moved here la uh, July, July last year. And INIS uh, is also one of the ways for me to find what I really like to do here. So yeah, and I've been enjoying it a lot and looking forward to this interview. Wonderful, thank you. So could, could one of you explain what INIS is or what INYS um, is and what it stands for and uh, what do you exactly do with the organization? Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll take this one. Um, so basically what we try to do as INIS is the, the broader aim is to connect uh, the Dutch and Indonesian youth, which is obviously a very broad uh, understanding and uh, we'll get to it a, a lot more when we'll go further in this interview. But basically we try to do it based on three pillars. So we have like a cultural exchange where we uh, introduce people who are affiliated with INIS to, for instance, here to the Dutch culture or people who are interested in the Indonesian culture to Indonesian culture. That's one of the pillars we see for ourselves. Another one is education, uh, connecting through education. And the third one uh, would be career. Uh, within career, we organize a career fair, for, for instance, where we connect Dutch organizations with Indonesian students or Dutch students who are interested in going to Indonesia. So it's an exchange in the broader sense. And obviously mixed in all of that, it's still a youth organization. So there's a lot of social activities uh, behind it as well. Mm -hmm. And what does it stand for again? So it's the Indonesia Nederland Youth Society. Right. Okay. And uh, when you say the three pillars, right, uh, of course, you have a lot of overlaps with um, Indonesia. Of, of course, it is about Indonesia and, and the Netherlands. So what, what attracted you? Uh, and I'm asking each one of you, uh, what attracted you to this organization in the first place? What, what sort of connection do you have um, for the Dutch people then to Indonesia and for the, for the, for the, for the Indonesian to the Netherlands? Um, yeah, I will explain a little bit about this. For me personally, uh, I joined Ines since uh, January uh, last year, no, 2020. In March 2020, I came back from Indonesia. I lived in Bandung. And then the pandemic uh, yeah, began, I had to leave Indonesia. And then I start searching for uh, yeah, a platform, a community to keep on being connected to Indonesia while being in the Netherlands. And that's what I found in Ines. I mean, uh, Lala is from Indonesia. We have some other board members who are Indonesian people. So I can still practice my uh, Indonesian language with them. Uh, we have a lot of Indonesian uh, people who join our events. So, yeah, for me, it was, well, being in the Netherlands, not being able to go back to Indonesia because of the pandemic, I can still, yeah, be connected to Indonesian culture and information. And, uh, yeah, that's what I found in Ines. Wow. Okay. What about you, Lala? 
Uh, for me, it's actually a way uh, to learn about professional uh, world in the Netherlands. Because uh, to be honest, when I first came here, I didn't have any work experience or whatsoever. I just graduated and then just uh, moved to the Netherlands. So when I found out a bit about Ennis, I was like, oh, I think this is a perfect way for me to uh, experience uh, some professionalism and, you know, get to know, um, yeah, um, get to know other uh people who are also interested in Indonesia and also the Netherlands, mostly. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting story. You, Kevin? Yeah, I think uh, pretty much my background has always been a bit in between, but my mom is Indonesian and my father is Dutch, but I grew up here in the Netherlands. Uh, went back to Indonesia quite often. My family still lives there. Uh, so, this is a frequent and definitely a part of my upbringing as well. So, definitely a good mix of the two. Uh, so I think just being bicultural, having the, that background, Enos fit it perfectly. And I've always felt very strongly about this. Um, for instance, before this, I interned at the Dutch Embassy in Jakarta as well, uh, where I was part of the political department. For, for me, it was really interesting with my background to see how is the communication on a countrywide level between Indonesia and Netherlands. And now I joined Enos. Basically, I, I really like the mix of the, the social and informal part, but also the formal part expanding my network through both ways uh, i think it's a fantastic opportunity and uh, just being linked to uh, my my cultural background is uh, incredibly important to me right. so i'm very honored to have been doing this for a year now yeah. wow wow very very strong relationship between the at least the two countries um so where are where where, where is um in based actually is it only here in the netherlands or do we also have the equivalent in indonesia i mean do you have any other cities uh, in particular where Innes is you know heavily activating um now actually we operate from the cloud i would say yeah. <laughs> we don't have an office um yeah due to the pandemic we operate online um, I think in the Netherlands, our Dutch boards, uh, yeah, Kevin lives, lives in the eastern part of the Netherlands. <laughs> I'm based in The Hague. Uh, Lala is in Rotterdam. Uh, so, and we have someone in, in Utrecht. So we come from everywhere. And uh, we also have an Indonesian chapter. Uh, they started in 2015. I think most of the members there are based ar around Jakarta. Jakarta. Uh, but we also have a girl now who's uh, back to her um, to her family in Medan. Mm -hmm. So yeah, actually, yeah, because we are online, um, it's not as fun as in person, but because of that, we can connect to the whole of Indonesia and everybody from the Netherlands. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah. Had, had COVID not happened, uh, would you have done it uh, more physical, basically here in the Netherlands itself? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of organizations are dealing with it, right? So obviously, I think it's well documented all the negative aspects of it. But I think Lotte touches upon something that is re really unique and uh, an opportunity for now is that we've been really able to connect from all different kinds of places. Uh, for instance, one of the things former Enos board members heard a lot is that a lot of the activities were based in the western part of the Netherlands, probably for the expat community in Eindhoven. That's very well known as well, that everything takes place in either Amsterdam, The Hague or Rotterdam. Um, but actually, this is really an opportunity to to expand, and from as Walter well said, from the cloud, it's an opportunity to reach out to a lot more people. And um, not, I'm not sure how many people are aware of the Indonesian geography, but you're talking thousands of miles of distance. So that has been great for them as well that they've been able to connect for people outside of the capital of Jakarta. So for us, definitely, uh, Stephen, that's been that, that's been a, a positive benefit, and we've uh, tried to utilize that uh, as much as we can. Yeah. 
Sure, but uh, so the, then the kind of activities that you also organize are also then online, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. for for now it has been. We've had uh, one physical event when it was just allowed uh, within a small period. I, I want to say June, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah, end of June. Yeah, yeah. and then um, so so we had an opportunity to do that at Safening a Beach. So we did do it in the Hague, but it, it was because of the beaches there. Um, so that has been the only one. We hope to do a pub quiz that we do annually together with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and with the Indonesian Embassy in The Hague. It's a really nice collaboration and a, a social way to get to know each other again. Um, but yeah, it, it will all depend on uh, how the COVID crisis will uh, continue to unfold for now. Right, right. Because I was, I was also doing my research looking into your activities on your Instagram as well. I looked up, uh, I came across this cooking uh, workshop as well. Is that the one that actually was done physical? Mm, no, that one was uh, Indonesian board, I think, right? Yeah, mm. uh, the idea is to do it uh, online as well. Yeah, so okay, but there, well, there have been instances that it has been uh, in in real life as well. So very yeah. interesting. Okay, um, so how how do you how do you communicate and how do you work together together with the other office here uh, in Indonesia? What kind of things what what kind of things do you talk about with each other and um, how do you work together? In what sense? Um, now, of course, we uh, communicate through WhatsApp. It's the quickest way. Um, so whenever we need to set up uh, a meeting with both the Dutch board and Indonesian board, we just communicate that quickly through WhatsApp. Uh, sometimes we have, yeah, we have a meeting with each other. Um, we have organized uh, events together, like a language cafe where um, Indonesian people can uh, practice their Dutch and the other way around. Um, so it was really fun, but. On the other hand, we are also like the Indonesian board is organizing this cooking class. We did that physical event uh, as the Dutch board. So we also operate um, apart from each other, sometimes together, sometimes apart. And our WhatsApp group is sometimes also just making fun and posting weird memes. And <laughs> I improve my uh, Indonesian slang in the, in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. So it's also uh, yeah, making fun together, having fun. But of course, also sending encouragement as well, because as we know, this COVID situation over there is very, very yeah. grim. Um, yeah. Do you want to? Do you have something? Do you have a story to to tell us uh, in that aspect? Yeah, we actually just uh, recently raised a, a fundraising event, and we gathered almost at one thousand euros for our people in Indonesia who are affected uh, by COVID. So that, that's really great. Uh, we actually had four uh, free workshop uh, where we learned uh, new skills and then they also uh, could uh, donate uh, in rupiah and also euros. So yeah, that, that, that was really amazing. Wow, wonderful. So I'm, I'm curious because you mentioned the activities that you organize here. So I'm talking about the activities that you organize here in the Netherlands. Um, who comes to those events? Is it mostly Indonesian students and professionals, or is it also uh, quite a lot of Dutch and even maybe also other nationalities? Yeah, I can, I can answer this question. Um, now, what we saw from our uh, social media statistics, in the beginning we had a, a lot of um, like interaction with the followers uh, was with people from, yeah, mostly Indonesian people around Jakarta, um, mostly students, um, but when we organized that physical event in Scheveningen, we also saw uh, yeah, Dutch people with an interest in uh, Penjak Silat, the Indonesian martial arts. That uh, right. was the thing we learned. 
um, yeah, we had students, we had people, we have people we, who already work, uh, young professionals. Yeah, it's, it's quite diverse, I would say, diverse. Yeah. Yeah, and when we uh, do events, the events online, we actually reach more people. I also, uh, for example, I have a friend in Canada. Uh, her ancestor is uh, Dutch, and she is also joining in his events right now. So when we do uh, events online, we actually reach more people and not uh, in the, uh, not Indonesian and Dutch people only. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they are. So so do you do you have to become a member? Is there such a thing as a member of the Innes actually to be able to join uh, such activities? No, that's uh, one of the most important aspects, I think, for us as well, is that we are not a membership-based organization. So uh, when you ask the question as to who shows up, it, it is a surprise every time as well. New people find their way to Ines. We're not subscribed uh, to anything. Uh, but what you see is the interaction through Instagram gives us a pretty good indication of people who are interested in what we do as an Ines. So, that's, we, so it's not really a membership system, but it's like the same people that uh, tend to find us again. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, and also the people who join the events, they don't have to pay a yeah an entry fee. You can just just join us. Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone is welcome. Yeah. So for the for those of you listening who are interested in Indonesian culture, but I guess also Dutch culture as well, yeah. right? Um, are welcome to uh, follow uh, Ines's Instagram and also yeah, basically look up their activities. Uh, when are when will you have something to organize here around the Brainport region? We're wondering. <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic question. I think we uh, we need to sp talk with each other about it after this radio interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I believe you also have quite a lot of uh, um, Indonesian uh, professionals around uh, this region, yeah. but as well as um, diverse uh, um, nationalities that would be interested to know about uh, the special relationship and between Indonesia and the Netherlands. So speaking about that, so why 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 does Ines how did Ines first come into place? What's so special about the relationship between Indonesia and the Netherlands? Why do you have to create something like this? Yeah, I think, um, well, obviously, the, 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 there's a long history between the, between the Netherlands and Indonesia, and it affects us all in different ways. Uh, but what you see now is, uh, I think, one, one of the more beautiful things that you see is that a lot of Indonesian students come to the Netherlands, and it's vice versa as well. It's almost like... A, well, like a trade-off in students that is happening. So what you saw from uh, the Dutch side in 2013, one of uh, one of the Dutch students that went to Jogjakarta, uh, when he came back to the Netherlands, really missed Indonesia and saw that there were a lot of Indonesian students at Leiden University, but found it hard to find a way to connect with everyone. So he founded the Indonesian Netherlands Youth Society in the Netherlands. And that's basically how it took off and how it kept going. Like there's a lot of back and forth interest. If you look at uh, Leiden University, of, of which Lotte is an alumni from the Southeast Southeast Asian Studies, has a specific focus on Indonesia with a Bahasa Indonesia course and the language. There's an interest there, but also if you go to the University of Indonesia, there's still a Dutch language and culture bachelors over there. So there is still a natural interest and there's still students gravitating towards these, uh, towards these studies. And also people outside of it, uh, people like me who have studied international relations, but I have an Indonesian background. Uh, there are a lot of Unsurprisingly, I think there are a lot of people with my background who find their way to Enos as well or are just interested in learning about their heritage. Um, so I think that is that is all also, I, I think, one of the more beautiful aspects of the long history that there's a lot of interconnectedness through the people. And that's what we try. And that's what we ultimately try to do, connect people who are interested in 
the these two countries and the relationship of these two countries. Yeah. Okay, is that also the same thing that you shared as well, Lotte and Lala? Um, yeah, yeah. To to add on that uh, student uh, exchange between Indonesia and the Netherlands, yeah, I was part of that myself. I've been to Indonesia as a student from Leiden University. There's a special uh, collaboration between Leiden and Universitas Gajamada in Yogyakarta. Uh, once I arrived there, I also uh, gained a lot of local friends and they were really curious about Dutch culture. They they actually knew more places in the Netherlands than I did. Um, they're very curious and eager to learn the Dutch, Dutch culture. So I experienced myself that there's a lot of interest in, yeah, in both countries. And uh, I think you can see that in the number of exchange uh, students. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's a bit different actually because um, I have never studied. Uh, I've never studied in the Netherlands. I only completed a French uh, literature study in Indonesia and then moved here because I got married to a Dutchman. But then um, I I I have this. Um, yeah, most of my friends are actually ibu ibu, and then I found that I didn't have any friends here my age and. And some some circle that can actually develop, um, yeah, my personal uh, professional skill. So yeah, that's what Ines is for me, actually. Yeah, that's wonderful. Because when <laughs> I was in my when I was studying um, here in Indonesia, when when I was still a student, of course, um, like a lot of the Indonesian students, I was also part of the PPI or the Indonesian uh, Student Association as well. And we never thought that you know we might uh, that there is actually a demand for um, non Indonesians to um, uh, that misses Indonesia, right? Um, of course, occasionally we organize cultural events um, here once a year, um, uh, which caters to the internationals to explain what Indonesia is about. But I didn't, we, we didn't think that far, you know, that we, that a lot of internationals also, and also Dutch people miss that kind of deep, more deeper connection rather than just going to the Pasar Malam um, of Indonesia. Wonderful story. We will be back in a second. We will be playing an Indonesian song this evening. It's Sachukupnya uh, from India. And we will be back in a second. Welcome back. India Sachukupnya, or enough in English. Um, Kevin, you chose the song, right? Yeah, What's up with Indonesian indie songs? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very good question, actually. It's, it's, it sounds almost a bit like a niche, right, to get into. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, my girlfriend is Indonesian, so uh, she pretty much made me listen to a lot of music while while I was out there. And to be honest, like I think uh, lots of touched upon it as well. I, I think it's really great music on its own, even if you don't follow the lyrics immediately. It's uh, I, I think the 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 music scene in Indonesia is really booming, and I think the indie scene is a really big part of that. I, I think it's super cool to follow. So that's why uh, this song, which I think is an absolute banger, yeah. Wow, wonderful. But of course, uh, one of the key activities uh, from Ines is the language school, right? Why is it so important? And, 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 and is there a lot of demands and needs? And uh, is there a lot of good teachers as well providing that? Um, yeah, I can explain a little bit about this. We have, um, indeed, we have a language school for Dutch language and Indonesian language. Uh, both are uh, yeah, being held at the moment. Uh, we have um, a teacher from Indonesia, from University of Malang, who is uh, uh, managing the, the Bahasa Indonesia classes. So we have a partnership with the uh, University of Malang. And then we have uh, a Dutch teacher for the, for the Dutch uh, language class. Um, 
So I'm, if I'm not mistaken, every Saturday they have a, a class. Uh, it's online. Um, and it's for 12 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then they also have an exam and they can get a certificate. Uh, for both languages, we have a beginner class now, but we are also planning to uh, do intermediate or even advanced. Um, because especially for Bahasa Indonesia, we uh, heard from our followers that they really keen on the advanced or the intermediate level. Most of the followers are already on the beginner level. They already passed that. And now they're ready for the, the intermediate class. So we hope to start at uh, around, yeah, maybe end of August, September. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe and good I, to add uh, for, for the radio for Brainport listeners, like uh, the Dutch class, we started with an intermediate course. Uh, but actually, in the intermediate course, there's only one Indonesian member of the six students, I think, that are participating. We have another one from Brazil, another one from other countries. So it, it's open to everyone who wants to learn uh, Dutch as well. Uh, you asked whether or not we have a great teacher. <laughs> I'm a bit I'm, I'm a bit biased there. Uh, the Dutch teacher is actually my cousin, uh, Benjamin, who apparently is doing a great job. And uh, so it's open for everybody uh, wanting to learn Dutch as well. And the idea behind our language school, which I think is the most important part, is that um, with everything we do, uh, we want to keep the threshold for entry low uh, because a lot of the people that we target are students. Mm-hmm. So for a very small fee, you can already start learning the language. And it's really aimed at uh, not not specifically learning the grammar, but it's really aimed at uh, Dutch language that you will use in your everyday. So it's more learning the basics of how, you know, to be a bit more integrating within the Netherlands as a Dutch speaker, I guess. So that's really our aim with that platform. Wow, wonderful. But of course, I mean, uh, with beginners, I mean, for, for a lot of internationals uh, uh, come up to me, you know, when they say, you know, when I go to Albertine, I see the, all these Indonesian foods. I see satay, I see nasi, I see babi pangang. What do they all mean, right? But of course, uh, I think I would, you know, you know, listening to this language school, I would take both. I would, you know, indulge engul- myself into into the Dutch language, but also Indonesian language to, to finally understand what nasi means, what, uh, what uh, you know, nasi goreng means, what, all those wonderful food, but also just to, you know, have it have a daily conversation as well in Indonesian. I think that also sounds uh, like a plan. So are you gonna, <laughs> you going to sign up in September? <laughs> I think why not? Why not? I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I would I really recommend our listeners as well to dive a bit into... Uh, the history and the culture of, of both countries. So speaking of uh, partnerships, I think uh, you mentioned a couple of partners in, in the past as well, right? Uh, I think even for the language school, uh, um, you also partnered with a couple of uh, teachers as well. Why didn't you mention also the other partners that you have as well? You want to take this, uh, Kevin or uh, Lala? <laughs> Lala, you, you want to mention something about it? Yeah, I'm, I actually do not really know like the the partners that we have right now in in, the, in our board. Yeah, I mean, so uh, we, for the language we, school, for example, uh, we par- partner with uh, Universitas Uni, sorry Universitas Negeri Malang, uh, and one of their uh, teachers um, supports uh, our uh, yeah our course courses. So that's uh, and they have been our partners for a long time, I think. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's public and private sector. So when when we have the career fair um, in the past, there have been like Dutch companies uh, who've who've active, actively been there giving tips or even putting out vacancies. Like some people found uh, interviews through through that. Uh, we do, for instance, that we just mentioned the COVID relief action. Uh, we partner up with Indonesian NGOs who need help the most. Uh, so that that's a partnership through there. 
and the few of the most logical ones who are very happy with uh, what we're doing as an organization are obviously the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, here and then the Indonesian Embassy. Uh, it's like two weeks ago we uh, were invited to uh, go to the ambassador's residence, so uh, which is great, great obviously of being part of the board, board here, but it's also just fantastic to see how many people are uh, you know, attached to this relationship, you really get the, you get a sense of that when you uh, see the network of both public and private uh, partners. Yeah. Wow, wonderful! Yeah, I mean, uh, so this this kind of initiative sort of inspires. I hope, hopefully, also inspires other nationalities also to create something similar as well, right? Between the Netherlands and maybe also people missing Italy or between Italian students or maybe even German or Belgian students. Are you aware of any other initiatives just like this, uh, for, but then for other nationalities? Well, Lotte is, 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 Lotte is a double member. <laughs> maybe you, I'm a uh, full-time so. volunteer. <laughs> no, yeah, actually I'm also part of the Australia-Indonesia uh, Youth Association. So it's like similar as Ines is. Uh, but then for Australia, Indonesia, I'm a bit of an outsider as a Dutchie. Um, but I'm a writer and a translator there. I just want to improve my writing skills. Uh, they are a bit uh, yeah, bigger than Ines. They have several chapters in Indonesia. They're spread throughout uh, Australia. They also get funding from Australian government. So that's why they also can be yeah, bigger and uh, um, organize more uh, events. Um, so I and they they post both Indonesian language and in English. So I do the translations for them. Uh, it's a great way to to practice my languages and to get to know even more people. But it's, sometimes it's a bit difficult with the time difference. If there's a meeting from Australia, I have to be very early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And I well, know there's yeah also between. Yeah, from Leiden, I knew there's a Chinese-Dutch uh, group. Yeah. Leiden has a lot of uh, area studies, so South and Southeast Asian studies, uh, Chinese studies, Japan studies. And I, I do believe there's a lot of students, clubs, uh, connecting both countries, the Netherlands and, and the yeah, country in Asia. Wonderful to hear. I think that's something that we might have to mirror here in the Brainport region. We have over 200 nationalities here living in this region. So it is very international, uh, but it still surprises me. I know that there are a lot of uh, international student associations here, uh, but not mirroring to what Innes actually does, which is, you know, kudos to you guys for, and it also emphasizes uh, the importance of the Dutch and Indonesian relationship as well. Um, very, very good. Um, so speaking of uh, the speaking of that, you guys are both members until the end of this year. I understand from the break, right? So what has been the highlight from your um, tenure, the last half a year, or maybe even you know the history of Innes? What can you be proud of? Um, yeah, uh, maybe I can uh, tell a little bit. So because of this year, uh, because of the pandemic, we moved everything online. And then, uh, for example, this year we started with a language cafe. And it was such a big uh, successful event, even though it was our uh, yeah, first event online. People, so many people attended the events and uh, uh, over 80 people, I think, right? And then after that, we also had the second language cafe. And then, of course, the Pancaksilat uh events 
where we also partnered with the Indonesian embassy. That was also something we are so proud of because it also got in a newspaper um, at Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And then, uh, yeah, we also have career events. It was a workshop uh, with uh, Egina about LinkedIn 101. And the last one we had learn and support where we also did a fundraising racing event. Uh, so yeah. We are very proud of uh, what we have accomplished uh, this far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it would be uh, for me it would be the the last event, the fundraising. Yeah. I'm just really, really proud of the amount of money that we raised, especially because because we do not have a, like um, our members come from everywhere. We, yeah. we don't have a common group. So it was a bit yeah, tricky. How much uh, would they give? The, most of them are students. So they also live on a budget maybe. So I'm really proud uh, about the amount that we raised. And it feels, yeah, it feels good to do, to do yeah. something from, for Indonesia from here. Because yeah. we can just go to a cafe. We, we have our freedom again in some sense. Um, so yeah, it, it felt good to do yeah. something for the people there. I'm really proud of the team and what we uh, achieved. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a big uh, surprise for us uh, because we never thought we would uh, achieve uh, this much amount of money. Yeah, certainly, of course. And uh, it's, it's, it's certainly an accomplishment that you have, that you have to be proud of. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I mean, I didn't participate in any, any of that, but I feel proud as well, you know, being Indonesian myself, um, that you are, uh, that you've, managed to, to accomplish and done that as well. We are going for a short break. This is my personal favorite one, the Gatti Hati or Close to My Heart. Um, and we will be back in a second. Ran the Gatti Hati. As a radio DJ, I've never had to mention any, any Indonesian words ever in my volunteership uh, at the Radio for Brainport, but we just did. I mean, we just played some Indonesian songs there. Uh, it feels good. Uh, Indonesia remains close to my heart. That's what the song is all, is, is, is all about. Um, and when we're talking about close to my heart, of course, um, if you're Indonesian or if you're, if, you're, if you're Dutch, I mean, there's always that part of you that remains Dutch or Indonesian. Um, so when you move to a different country, you will have a culture, cultural shock, right? Um, so what did you... Tell us, did you have any culture shock when you went over to the other country? So for Indonesians, when you moved to the Netherlands and for the Dutch, when you moved to Indonesia. Mm, yeah, maybe uh, I can start. Um, for me, my biggest shock was that Dutch, the Dutch people are very direct. Uh, when, they, when, they, uh, when they think that something is ugly, they will just say it and... Sometimes I, I could just be offended so many times, but now I'm, I get used to it. I think I become even direct myself, so I learned a lot. Um, so that was a biggest shock for me. And I also, and the other one is that uh, Dutch people really like to, um, yeah, to make afspraak, uh, to make appointment for every single thing, and then they put that on their agenda. That's also something really a shock for me because in Indonesia, if you want to meet someone, which is okay, uh, let's let's meet this afternoon and and we just meet up. Like in 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 the Netherlands, you have to make an appointment two weeks before, one month before. But <laughs> that's that's also a big shock for me. Yeah. 
I can totally relate to that, Lala. We know yeah. uh, the, the funny thing is that um, we're, we're, we're going to go over to the next question very, very soon after Lota and Kevin answers that. But of course, the, the reverse culture shock, right? That, uh, you know, when I go over there, make an appointment with my Indonesian friends at 11 o'clock, let's say everybody shows up at one o'clock, which frustrates yeah. me. Um, but uh, that's, that's, that's the way uh, we do things. But Lota and uh, Kevin, I'm curious with your culture shock uh, when you uh, come over to Indonesia or anything related to Indonesia. It's funny that you mentioned about the punctuality here in the Netherlands because the jump caret was quite a big shock for me in Indonesia. The rubber clock. Um, yeah, the rubber clock. <laughs> so when I uh, had a, I wanted to meet friends to have a coffee or something and we would meet at 12. Sometimes they showed up at uh, 2 in the <laughs> or yeah. 3 in the afternoon. And uh, then they just said, yeah, I'm on the, on the road. But then they stopped to have some food first. And I was like, but we have an appointment. <laughs> so I kind of struggled with that. And also sometimes when uh, you ask when something is happening, they say nanti uh, later. And for me, it's like nanti. But is that in five minutes or in one hour? Or I want to know it. <laughs> so in the beginning, I was a bit struggling with that. But I felt in the end like more relaxed and like, it will come, and sometimes I also came uh, late. I was <laughs> jump karet. Yeah. So, um, and another thing for me, uh, what was a bit uh, challenging in the beginning, the Netherlands is very individualistic, and in the, in the Indonesia it's more uh, communal. Um, like people are often together. Um, yeah. So, in, in when I lived in Bandung, from the morning till the evening, I was together with people, and I was just not used to that from the Netherlands. I spend a lot of time myself with myself here, um, so it was a, was a big difference. But you get used to it, and you learn from it. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful story, Kevin. What about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, as I just mentioned, I'm half Indonesian and half Dutch. My mom thought it was uh, really important in my upbringing to uh, really pass on the best, what she believed was the best from the Indonesian culture and Dutch culture. So I think the biggest example for me growing up was that. Uh, I think this is not only Indonesian culture, but I think it's pretty much a lot of Asian cultures at large is that you really have respect for the elderly and that's the way you talk to them and the way you approach them. So I would always say you to my mom, which a lot of Dutch people think is either too formal or sounds a little bit distant. But for me, it was a sign of respect. So that's really something I'm, I still see on a day-to-day -day basis here. I still call people older than me, you, and until they say you can call me you, then I'll switch. But so that's, I think, is something that always will be between uh, those two cultures. But uh, yeah, if, if, but when I do go back to Indonesia, though, I really notice I'm, I'm very straightforward. Uh, my mom thought I was important and uh, she thought it was good that, if you, that you can take a hit and that you can take a lot of criticism. She thought Dutch people were really good in giving criticism and handling with it. So sometimes uh, I'm just really straightforward, but always with the intention of helping somebody out. But I think in, uh, it, it, it often gets perceived as being rude. But I, so I think both Dutch and Indonesian people have a different perspective on what it means, for instance, to give criticism, whether it's like positive feedback or critical feedback, or it's just being mean to someone. So those are the things that I come across uh, yeah. quite often as well. Yeah, yeah, very relatable. But what about a reverse culture shock, right? The reverse culture shock is something that after you live in a different country and then you come back to your own original country, and then all of a sudden... You know, it should fit like a jacket, but it doesn't, right? You all of a sudden feels different while it's actually your own country. Do you ever have uh, an experience like that? Yeah, I think constantly, though. So I've, I've been moving back and forth a bit through Indonesia and the Netherlands, and I think 
a lot of these things are very relatable, right? So everything reverse culture shock. If you move to Indonesia, the thing that Lala just mentioned, you don't make an appointment and you just go and then you come back to the Netherlands and you get a bit annoyed by, okay, why I got to make an appointment with everyone again. But now I'm, uh, if you look at my schedule, seven weeks ahead, the weekend is already packed. So it's, you, you readjust yourself. And I think that's basically the part of it. It, it just takes some getting used to, but for me, it's, I guess you just you just get used to where you are, and that's uh, that's the whole reverse part of it. But I don't know how others uh, perceive it. Yeah, no, I can really relate to your story. I uh, I agree with you, Kevin. Um, for me, when I came back to, uh, to the Netherlands from Bandung, um, it took me a long time to get used to the Dutch rhythm again, making appointments, uh, being on time. Uh, everything is very organized. Uh, also on the road, uh, there are many many rules. And it felt a bit cold and yeah, not so <laughs> warm and cozy <laughs> to me. But now I, I get used to it again because I'm just in this environment now. Um, but what I really missed in the beginning and sometimes still miss is that in Indonesia, it seems um, you're always welcome for food and there's always uh, extra food for you. People invite you to everything. Um, yeah, to just come along with them and hear, yeah, it's uh, friendships uh, grow over time. And uh, I felt in Bandung, uh, I, I, I met someone on the street and they directly invited me to, to come along. That's something I sometimes miss in the Netherlands. Yeah, uh, for me, actually, when I went to the Netherlands and came back again to Indonesia, People notice that, oh, Lala, why are you so confident now? Why are you so direct right now? Why why you just say what you think? Like, yeah, they, they, they told me that, yeah, I, I become such a different person. Um, and I felt that because in, in the past, I was uh, really shy and I just uh, lied for the sake of not hurting each other, uh, other people's feelings. But right now, I just say whatever that comes in my mind because I learned that from uh, yeah from the Dutch people basically yeah wonderful uh, <laughs> related to the culture um, one important aspect that the Dutch well I mean we also Indonesians very very proud of is the food of course as um, uh, Asians um, what are the food that you miss the most or you like the most I mean then for Lala then Dutch food but then for Lotte and Kevin the Indonesian food. I, I think the question is better for others. I think one of the best benefits of having an Indonesian mother who you grow up with in the Netherlands is always having Indonesian food. So I, I, I in, that, in that sense, I've been very fortunate. So maybe the others uh, is better, are better suited for the question that way. Well, living in The Hague, I cannot complain as well because there are a lot of tokos and uh, yeah, recently we got invited to the ambassador's house and there was lovely Indonesian food. Um, but if I have to choose something, I just miss gado gado. <laughs> gado gado and all the fresh fruits which you can just buy across the street, like mango, salak, uh, nanka, the jackfruit. Uh, it's it's yeah. really expensive here and not so tasteful as in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, it would be cheese. I would miss cheese if I uh, went to uh, if I went back to Indonesia because yeah I grew to love it. Uh, in the beginning I was like that's so gross, but now I even snack on it, snack on gold, uh, old cheese even. So yeah, 
that would be something that I would really miss. I can agree to that because I mean yeah. the type of cheese that we have back home is kind of is yeah. mostly cheddar cheese um, that you use for burgers or maybe even yeah. uh, for martabak <laughs> for a, 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 an Indonesian cake. I guess uh, that's literal translation. Uh, but also, I, I like, I really enjoy uh, Dutch winter food like Ayrton soup. Um, and also the fried food, obviously. I think uh, you guys are, are the masters of fried food. Um, but of course, we in Indonesia, we also have fried food, which is the gorengan. Uh, I was about to say, we, the fried food yeah. in Indonesia is also very good. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. another fantastic similarity. Uh, <laughs> 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 Although you have to be careful. Just like when you order gado gado in gorengan, you have to be uh, careful where you order that. But uh, <laughs> uh, really interesting. We are uh, almost at the end of the podcast. One last question that I would love to ask uh, to you, board members of Innes. What's next? What's next for, for Innes? What's the future? Well, well, definitely after this interview, reaching out, I guess, to the expats in uh, Eindhoven, that will be that would be great for the first one. So we definitely encourage people who are listening to this to become part of what we're doing. For us now, with the, the language school is going great, and we hope to continue to give very low-key access to uh, both Indonesian people, Dutch people, but also just beyond it, to get access to Indonesian language or the Dutch language. That is very important for us. And now, hopefully, the COVID situation will get better. Uh, if it does, uh, we'll definitely be planning a few physical events. So it will be great to, for people to come, uh, come hang out, get to know each other, and network. And uh, if not, then online uh, we'll be we'll be there as well when the winter months come again and uh, we're all cozy inside the house uh, behind our laptop. So uh, there's a lot of things coming. So uh, we hope as many people as possible from the Eindhoven region uh, will come and join us. Yeah. Very good to hear. Anything else you add, Lotte and Lala? Um, yeah, for me, just a short answer. I think uh, the hope is that Ines will grow bigger like uh, more events, maybe some funding from uh, governments. Uh, that would be really nice. <laughs> if the ministry is listening. <laughs> <Hint, hint>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that's just a nice way to, to grow bigger, I think. Um, and yeah, in November, I think the, the elections for new boards are opening up. So I think we, it's also our task to, uh, yeah, to uh, in Dutch we say it, stokje overgeven. Um, so to pass on everything that we learned this year so yeah. we can create a fantastic new board next year. I think that's also uh, something we're looking forward to. But before it's that time, we, uh, we still have some time with this great team, Lala and Kevin and the others. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. I think hopefully this uh, podcast, this episode just inspires a lot of other um, organizations as well because you guys are, I think, um, a very wonderful uh, kind of example that uh, every nonprofit organization uh, wants, to be, uh, wants to be like. Um, Kevin De Wacht, Lotte Trosh, uh, Lala Fitriani, on behalf of Radio for Brainport, we thank you so much for your time. Or, thank you for inviting uh, us. Yeah, it was a great time. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, was really it, was, it was our pleasure. It was all our pleasure. And for those listening, we'll see you again next time. Um, to close, a Dutch song, Samen for Altijd, or Together Forever. Hopefully this will also be the kind of relationship between Indonesia and the Netherlands. And thank you for listening. See you again next time.